This is the best of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Bring in Dan Wetzel. I was just talking about the UFC, Dan, and I was talking about Conor McGregor, and I was saying the polar extreme would be the Masters probably uh, when you really break down the audience and the sports uh, angles there. But I want to actually start with you with the UFC because I know you've covered a lot of these big fights over the years. When you first heard about the Conor McGregor story, did you think it was staged for attention, or did you believe it was a real story? Um, staged by the UFC. I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I mean, there's I, a lot of part, there's a lot of bodies here. So UFC, no. Um, UFC would maybe, you know, Conor shows up. I mean, look, I've sat through personally. I don't know how many press conferences where we've got water bottles thrown or pushing or punches even thrown. I mean, John Jones had a, had a pretty good one with Daniel Cormier that took down the set. I mean, we're not above, above a good little, uh, you know, we're outraged at a nice press conference brawl and, uh, this is terrible, but pay-per-view is still available. Uh, yeah. And tickets, tickets at T-Mobile arena, uh, get them on the website. So no, we're, this though was a little much. I could, I thought maybe Connor was doing it. Um, but McGregor just, you know, he can lose his mind on stuff. And, and I think maybe what he was, whatever he was trying to do, uh, certainly one of his, one of his buddies was, was, you know, got into it with, uh, with Khabib the other day. And then, you know, Connor basically flew to America to, to try to settle the score and, uh, just lost his marbles. I mean, throwing the stuff into the bus and things like that. So I don't think it was staged. Um, and whatever the plan was, went totally awry um, because the UFC lost, you know, a few fighters in this thing for, for Saturday night, but they've obviously got everyone talking about what's still a decent card, even though they've had various pullouts. So do you think that Conor McGregor will ever fight in the UFC again? Yeah, I think he will. Yeah. This is I mean, so, a big fight. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's the UFC. Like, that's my argument. First off, I mean, I, I cover the UFC for a long time, but I'm also a fan of the UFC. Like, I don't want him banned for life. Nobody's banned for life. They're about to sign Brock Lesnar again. And Brock Lesnar fought, you know, his last fight, he was he was busted for, for being on performance-enhancing drugs and should never have even been allowed to fight, but he fought. And now he's going to come back because it's a good it's a good pay-per-view and people like watching Brock Lesnar. Like, I, I just, I do not live in a UFC look to be a UFC fighter and things. I mean, there is a code and these guys are to me the most, the, the courage and the, the training and all of that. I have, I have more respect for a UFC fighter than pretty much any athlete. I mean, what you, you train as hard as any athlete. And then the payoff is not getting to play like a tennis match right? or, or play the masters or, or even a football game. You have to get in to a steel cage with a some like lunatic Brazilian that is absolutely uh, you know been schooled in jiu-jitsu his entire life and is looking to wring your neck. So you know, I, I have a ton of respect for the code and all those things. Like, but I'm not here to be like, well, uh, this is just outrageous behavior. I can't possibly. Support. I mean, it's a cage fight. That's why we watch. So I think he'll be back. One of the things that was going on with Conor McGregor was how do we make his next fight worth it? Yeah. Uh, he needs like if you if you engineer the numbers, he needs like a two million pay per view to really make it worth it for him. And he's never been able to deliver that. His two biggest fights were with Nate Diaz, who 
which are like one point, I think three five and one point six million. Uh, and even when he was doing, uh, he when he was, I mean McGregor's a huge draw. He can get over a million, but could he get to two? Now he's a much bigger name because of the the Mayweather fight, but he had to go to boxing to make the big money. And the question was, does he fight Nate Diaz a third time, and does that get to two million? Which I think it would have. Uh, or who else does he fight? I didn't think he wanted any part of Khabib because Khabib, I think, will beat him. Khabib is much stronger. He'll smother him as a wrestler and lay down a hellacious beating on you. I mean, this guy is a violent dude, uh, and you can see that when they fight on well, his fight Saturday night. But now that you have this this incident, and if McGregor's got to go off to jail for you know ten days or something like that, um, uh, they'll get over two million now for it. So. I'm not sure there wasn't some motivation on that, um, but I think this actually cements what Conor McGregor's future can be because this would be a, this would now be a monstrous fight, uh, and I think the Diaz fight still sits out there too. So he might have two really good fights. So Dana White being like, "Oh, this is egregious, wrong. This is unacceptable." I mean, like he's playing crocodile tears, right? He's playing this up for everything he's got. I think there's, there's just two levels to it. I mean, you. You know, I mean, you have three guys that trained. You got to get hit, hit by glass and his face is cut. You, have, you know, another one that's got some eye. I mean, these guys put everything out to prepare for the fight. And, and it, it, again, I think it's the toughest sport because there's just no, there's no payoff. There's nothing fun about it. The fun part is getting punched in the face. So, you know, when you're losing fighters and you're having your card messed up, I can see him being extremely angry and feeling bad for guys. He does have really good relationships with a lot of these people. He understands what it goes through. It's a huge disappointment. And McGregor just, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, okay? I mean, again, I, I, it's, I don't expect a lot out of my cage fighters, but he's throwing dollies at this. I mean, it's just the whole the video is nuts. And had he lost, I'll tell you this, had that glass smashed in and hit, um, uh, you know, it's, it's real main fight this weekend is a, is a rematch of a, a terrific a women's fight. It's going to be uh, it's, uh, Joanna against Thug Rose. It's a, I mean, it's a huge fight. That's going to be what really is the draw at this point for, for this weekend's card. Had he lost uh, Rose in this fight, then, it, it, you know, so anything could have happened here that really would have been devastating. Or had he lost Khabib in this fight or something like that, that it really hits his bottom line. But I think he's angry, and I think that there, this behavior can't be tolerated, and he can't let it keep going crazier. Because the way McGregor's marketed himself in the UFC, he just came in and broke all the rules. It was, it has been totally nuts in every single thing he's done, and it's worked. And you've seen it become, you've seen a lot of guys follow that route. And I know he doesn't want that because he doesn't have control over Conor McGregor. But I think at the end of the day, Fans are going to want to watch Conor McGregor fight. McGregor doesn't really have anywhere else to go, and there's going to be a pile of money on the table, and, and Dana White's going to take it. All right, exact opposite extreme. I mean, I think yeah. this is literally true. One side, U, uh, UFC. Other side, Augusta at the Masters, which is where you are. Where were you when Sergio dunked five in a row? Were you in any way following him? Uh, like, I love the quote afterwards where he's like, it's the first time I've ever made 13 and not hit a bad shot, which is just an amazing golf quote. Uh, we played the audio for that quote. Um, what, uh, what was, I mean, it, it really does speak to golf, I think, in general, for anybody out there who plays, to see a guy who's as good as Sergio Garcia, who was good enough to win the Masters last year, 
just basically have his tournament end as he stands there hitting the ball under the green and watching it roll into the into the drink over and over and over and over again. Um, what, what was your day like at the Masters? Well, I, I actually was following Tiger, and I had gone ahead of where Tiger was because I didn't have a good – it's really hard to – if you've ever been to a golf, golf tournament, the, hard, the worst place to watch a golf tournament is at the golf tournament. Yes. So you can't really see. So uh, I was up on, like, the 17th fairway waiting for Tiger to tee off, and, and, that's, and on the a parallel – 13th uh, or 15th is was was where uh, Sergio. So the first one, like you know, he hits in. You kind of hear a groan. I, you know, I'm just not even kidding. And the next one, and you hear this groan, like, oh my god, he just dunked it. And I kind of look over. I'm I, literally no one's playing golf on 17, so I kind of go over to look, see what's going on, and then I see it another and another. And I'm like, how many did he put in? And nobody really knew because no one was paying attention. And I, I'm, I was kind of up the fairway, so I see Bubba Watson and Jason Day there, and they're like talking to each other like <laughs> what's going on and everyone's like oh man it's like tin cup he's tin yeah. cupping it um you know i did this once at the you know the goat ranch muni back in fort worth you know <laughs> everyone, everybody's got a story it's like holy cow he's really doing this and uh it's, it's amazing i mean he won the masters in his last round here and then on this one he's just dropping them in he's not really dropping them in i mean he's pulling them back there actually were good shots. Oh, great shots. He landed all five on the green, and they all five just rolled back off. I mean, that, that's what's so spin, funny about it. Yeah, it was just it was just an epic. Yeah, and then after he's like, I don't know. And then we're like, does he have enough golf balls? And what yeah. if you run out? Because you know, like, yeah, I got like thirty golf balls in my bag. I got old ones, scuffed up ones, yes. whatever. You never throw out a golf ball. A pro, you know, like how many balls he got? Like, oh, I loved that. Bubba Watson told you that he kept water balls in his, you know, in case he hit a bad shot, like he's hitting a, the scuffed ball uh, more likely uh, in the event that he got to go I, over water. I thought he was joking. I mean, it's Bubba, right? You never know. Yeah. But I'm like, come on, man. Bubba Watson does not have, like, scuffed up golf balls back. He's like, yeah, you got to have a golf. There was some great golf quotes in that column I wrote. He's like, yeah. you always got to have a water ball. Like, he looks at me dead serious in this thing. I'm like, all right. Well, if Bubba says so. I don't feel so bad now. I mean, he's won two Masters, so yeah, it was uh, it was pretty classic moment. And Sergio is just like, I don't know, he's Sergio. I mean, this is the, this is absolutely Sergio Garcia. He wins the Masters one round, comes back and throws up a thirteen. The highest score ever posted at a hole in Masters history. They, um, they didn't have a thirteen on the scoreboard. Yeah, the Masters they do those hand hand want. Uh, they have this big hand drawn basically. And they put these numbers up. They didn't have a 13, so the workers had to write their own 13 and put it up. That is remarkable. Uh, we're talking to Dan Wetzel. He's down at Augusta Masters uh, Day 2, going to tee off here soon. Um, thanks for getting up early with us, by the way. What is it like to follow? Are you allowed to have a phone? Because they take up all the phones, I think, wow. still at Augusta. So you are, and this is kind of interesting for people who may not have gotten to go to a golf major before. You're kind of in an information vacuum at Augusta because you're not able to check your phone. You have to look at the big leaderboard. The best way to watch a golf major is on television uh, because it's hard to keep up with everything that's going on otherwise. What is your experience like on the course? For people who may not know, uh, you're there covering it. What does your day look like? Well, there are a couple things. Yeah, there's no no phones. Um, you know, there's no they, – they, they'll take them. So you, you're out there without it, which is actually awesome. 
and almost everybody loves it. Uh, but it's hard to find out what's going on. Uh, there's no electronic scoreboards. They have these old hand-run things like that, like the wall at Fenway Park, and those can be holes behind. They don't. Even, they barely make any sense. You hear cheers from over here, and you're like, "Who is that?" No one knows. Um, there's no, you know, there's no radio. There's no, there's no announcer. There's nothing going on. You're just out there. There's just guys playing golf, and you're just wandering around. And so the, you know, and that's the same same with the, the media or anybody else. There's no special access at, at Augusta. There's no inside the ropes. There's no up on this luxury box or anything. Everybody is out there. Like if you walk around and follow Dustin Johnson, you can stand right next to Wayne Gretzky. You can stand right next to Paulina Gretzky or Paulina whatever her name is now. Like the celebrities are there. Tiger Woods' mom is walking around with the rest of the people. Phil Knight is there. And you'll see other celebs, like, you know, you see Michael Jordan out there, NBA players, you know, just Mark Wahlberg. Or, there's no special access. Everybody's got spe- the same special access. So you're just walking around watching. The beauty of the no phone is you don't know what's going on, but because you can't check your phone, you you just end up talking to people next to you. It's very much like it's 1935. There's no signage. There's nothing, and so you end up like you're standing there on the side of a of a hole waiting for someone to hit, and it takes you know it's the hole takes ten minutes, and you end up you know you meet somebody, and they're from wherever, and they're excited to be there too because it's such a unique and awesome thing. So, in terms of like watching and knowing what's going on at a golf tournament, terrible. In terms of everything else, it's the best. It's a beautiful place. The, the, you know, get an egg, an egg salad sandwich for a dollar fifty and a beer for three bucks, and you, you stand there. and You're gonna pay a ton to get in, but you're gonna stand there and 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 you meet people and you talk and the weather's usually great and you you can watch golf and you never know what quite you're gonna see because it's like you may think you want to see all the big shots, but I mean whatever. It's Thursday. Who cares? And you might see Sergio dunk it in uh, five times. So how do you decide? It's a fascinating question, I think. How do you decide? knowing all that, that you don't have that kind of like, we're used to having instantaneous information about everything. You are there covering it. You don't necessarily know what the story of the day is going to be. Like you just happen to be there and be close enough to see Sergio dunk it five times when otherwise you might not have even known that happened until you got back to the clubhouse and heard about, uh, you know, what happened on the round. As you get ready for Friday, are you like, man, I'm just going to follow Jordan Spieth. I'm going to follow Tiger Woods. How do you kind of make a decision about how you're going to cover Friday at the Masters? Yeah, I mean, you plan out. You know, I was following Tiger. It was Tiger's return was the big story yesterday. It's the first. No one's going to win, although Jordan Spieth's trying. He can't win the Masters in the first round. Tiger's back. I mean, half the crowd was with Tiger. It was it was an incredible scene. Tons of excitement. Um and, and, and for, for Tiger. So, you know, you're going to follow Tiger. You're going to try to pick up as much, you know, uh, color or whatever you can to, to make the story interesting. And you're walking around. But you also are checking the leaderboard. And and so if – and word gets around by, like, you know, it's just someone's like, hey, did you hear – you know, someone would have said, hey, did you hear Sergio, uh, you know, hit five in the water. Even if I'm not there, I'm checking and seeing when Sergio's done. And then I'll go to 18 and try to talk to him after, right after he finishes his round. Um, and then with Spieth, like I did also the Tiger, I was doing a Tiger column, and then I'm up there actually writing it, and then Spieth, you know, birdies five holes in a row. So then I'm like, all right, I gotta get, I can't just like ignore Jordan Spieth. He shot a 66. Jordan Spieth has, has played 17 rounds at the majors, at the Masters. He's led after nine of them. It's amazing. 
Okay, Tiger Woods has played 75 rounds. He's led after nine of them. Like, it's the most outrageous stat. I I was stunned by this thing. He's led the same number of rounds as Tiger Woods. He's 24. Like, he just plays, he just dominates. So, I, you know, I got to go do that and find him. You know, he had to bring him into a press conference because he played so well. But you just kind of running around. You got to do instincts. It's fun. It's a challenge. And you just do not, you'll find stories out there because you're talking to people. And, you know, again, like, I've, I've interviewed Wayne Gretzky standing on the side of the green. Because he's just standing there, and you're like, "What do you think? Of, you know, what do you think Dustin Johnson's doing? You know, it, it, you pick up great stuff. So I think writers really enjoy it because there's a great challenge to it because it's not obvious what you're supposed to be doing. So you kind of got to wing it. Um, but I think that's why the fans like it, and you get, you know, I think the history of this event, and I mean, you go back to like Red Smith and all these guys writing about it is what made it. You know, that and the and the and the television and the storytelling from that make this such a unique event and i think that's why it's so popular uh, opposed to you know that's why it's the most popular golf tournament in the world we're talking to dan wetzel at dan wetzel on on uh on twitter yahoo sports national columnist okay as you go around at augusta now friday saturday sunday the expectation is the weather's going to change uh do you anticipate following tiger today i know he tees off later in the day uh, and or do you follow Spieth? Like, is this Spieth's tournament potentially? I mean, if he if he puts up another negative score, he's going to have a pretty massive lead probably going into Saturday and Sunday. Now, a lot of people remember what happened to Spieth on Sunday. I guess it was what like two years ago. Two years when ago, he, yeah. yeah, when he dunked uh, a bunch in the water, and it was different than wow. Sergio. I mean, he didn't hit a good shot at all. I mean, it was an atrocious couple of shots that he hit. Um, but uh, is this Spieth's tournament to win in your mind, or is it still so early it's hard to even have a sense? Yeah, he lost to Danny Willett. Sergio beat, uh, I can't remember who he beat last year because I actually didn't cover it last year. But, um, yeah, this is, I mean, this is, yeah, Spieth's got the lead, and, and he's the best player here. That said, this is a, just a ridiculous field. And if you look, yeah, he's six under, but there's 54 holes to play, um, you know, Kuchar's at four, Patrick Reed's at three, Rory's at three. I mean, you go all the way back to, to you know, there's 30 guys who are, who are even or better. The other thing about the Masters is nobody in the history of the Masters has ever broken 74 straight rounds. Um, it's happened a number of times at every other major, like dozens. No one's ever gone under 74 in a row. So Spieth's probably going to have a 71 in there, if not a 73. So you can catch up. Now, we'll see. Spieth might be the one that breaks it. He almost did two years ago, um, but he just he didn't. Uh, but he, there's usually a time where you can, you can make a catch-up and somebody can get a run going. And so there's so many good players in this thing. Um, you know, I still I wouldn't rule out Bubba. There's just, there's just a ton of guys who are going to chase Adam. This is a really good field. So I don't think it's over by any stretch. Uh, certainly I will, you know, I think the Tiger story, unless he makes a run, uh, you know, Tiger's, it's exciting Tiger is back. I mean, it really is. And there's, there's nobody who brings excitement like Tiger Woods. And, but, I mean, how many times are you going to write, hey, play it again? Well, we know he's going to play again. Um, I think, you know, does he make the cut? Does he make a move here today? Does he have the luxury that he used to have? I don't know the speed doesn't change the game here where it's like back when Tiger was winning all the time, he could wait until Saturday and make his move. And he was talking about that yesterday, like, oh, I'm in this. This is fine. If you got a 73 today, it's no problem. 
I don't know if speed doesn't change that dynamic because he just takes out this sprint and all these guys all of a sudden have to chase. You know, it's like a different way of running the race. And you can't sit around maybe. If the speed comes out and throws a 67 or 8 up today, it does a really good job. You can't be sitting back and going, oh, I'm only one, one under through, you know, through, through into Saturday and this guy's out at 10 under. So you've got to be, you know, I, I just, I don't know if Sweet doesn't change this tournament to, to how it is. And I think that's kind of the story today. Uh, Saturday is supposed to be a thunderstorm mess. And that's going to be like, who the heck knows how that's going to affect things. Today's the day I think you've got to really try to make a move. Outstanding stuff as always. Dan Wetzel will be following you at Dan Wetzel on Twitter. Outstanding columns. Thanks for getting up early with us, my man. No problem. Take care. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's mania weekend. We're going to be watching in my house. Got two boys, 7 and 10, who are absolutely obsessed with it. And uh, I'm a fan as well. Grew up a fan. Have come back to it with them. And uh, we're joined now by Alexa Bliss at Alexa Bliss underscore WWE. Uh, how excited are you to get rolling in New Orleans come Sunday? I am very excited. You know, last time we were here in New Orleans, um, it was my first WrestleMania to attend, and I was able to be a part of Triple H's entrance, which was a lot of fun. And now I'm actually getting my own entrance and having my own match, and it's, it's, it's really cool to see it come full circle, and I'm very excited. So you are, before we get rolling into WrestleMania, I understand that you're a huge Columbus Blue Jackets fan. I am going to the Predators game on Saturday against the Blue Jackets to, I think, pretty much finish off the season. Uh, you yes. grew up in Columbus, Ohio. What is it about the Blue Jackets that, that you've kind of fallen in love with? I just, I love the games. I love hockey. I've always been such a hockey fan. Um, I love that, you know, the games can change at any second, and it's. I feel like you know, hockey fans are the most fun and rowdy, and I just love going to the games. It was always a thing that we did as a family, and I just, I just, I love it so much. And I, I was actually able to go back to another game, a playoff game, uh, last year, so that was actually a lot of fun. And uh, I'm just, I'm hoping that one day I'll get to go back to Columbus and be able to attend all the home games again. We're talking to Alexa Bliss uh, underscore WWE on Twitter. She is the uh, current Raw Women's Champion. So uh, do you hear from a lot of other pro athletes who are fans of what you do? Because I always think that's probably got to be cool about becoming a WWE superstar like you have. Pro athletes, by and large, also really like wrestling. And I think it's because they appreciate the entertainment value, the performance and the art form in what you guys do. Has there been anybody who's in the world of sports that you found out was a fan and you were like, oh my God, I can't believe he or she knows who I am? Um, well, to be honest, I was, I was very surprised when, uh, when Ronda Rousey came to WWE and knew who we all were. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that, that is actually kind of crazy. That was, the, that was the biggest surprise one. <laughs> What uh, what do you do you think Ronda Rousey is going to be really good at WWE? It seems like she obviously is a fan not just of uh, of what she was doing at UFC, but also just a huge WWE fan. What have you seen from her, and what kind of difference do you think she's making? Um, you know, I'm very excited to have Ronda here. You know, uh, she has made a name for herself in UFC. Obviously, I mean, they built a whole division around her. Um, but I think it's very, I think it's awesome to see you know her develop in the ring and. You know, I feel like if anyone can really, if people doubt what we do, I feel like if anyone can really legitimize what we do, it's Ronda Rousey. You know what I mean? Because people have, you know, a lot of respect for her and know that, you know, she's, like, pretty, you know, awesome. And I'm trying to think of how to say, oh, okay, tough. We'll, just, we'll go with that. Um, yeah. And I feel like if 
they see her having to go the grind and having to do the struggle and everything that it takes to be a WWE superstar, I feel like people will get more respect for that. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that, you know, with our women's evolution and everything that's going on, I think Ronda is just what we need right now. You know, it's a, it's a different take on what we do. It's a different kind of demeanor and she's a different kind of woman. And, you know, WWE does a great job at keeping, you know, our women's roster very diverse and I'm very excited to have her on the roster. And I think she's just what we need right now. We're talking to Alexa Bliss at Alexa Bliss underscore WWE. And we're probably throwing a lot of the Alexa devices in homes for a complete loop because a lot of people tell me they start <laughs> off their morning by listening to the show on Alexa. How has that changed your life? I mean, is that the toughest thing about being named Alexa now is that this personal assistant is like basically taking over the country? Well, actually, um, my first, uh, I first heard about the Alexa, uh, the Amazon Echo issues um, on Twitter. A lot of people were saying that my, they're like, my Echo is going crazy. My Echo is going crazy. And, you know, it was funny too, because now they do the, um, the Amazon Echo commercials where like all these celebrities are yes. different voices. And I was just like, man, my name's actually Alexa. Put me on there. <laughs> but all of my uh, all of my friends and close uh, family have changed theirs to Echo because when they watch WWE, their Amazon Echo goes crazy. And so now they all have to change it to Echo. You are wrestling against uh, Nia Jax, um, and I think you guys are uh, are friends as well. But what does it feel like when you walk into the arena at WrestleMania? I mean, what is the, the like the stomach feel like? What is that experience as you come down to the ring on such a massive event like this? Oh man, last year uh, was my first WrestleMania, having my own entrance, and I was SmackDown Women's Champion, and I still remember the feeling of walking out on the ramp and just stopping and taking it all in because it was eighty thousand people, and it was just a wave of you know reaction, people cheering, people booing, and it was just amazing and. I'm very excited to see, you know, what this year holds because, you know, last year it was, uh, I think, six of us in a match. And now this year it's just two of us. So, you know, people have an opinion whether they they only have two of us to choose from. Do you know what I mean? Like before there were six of us so people could have a little bit of opinions on each person. So I'm really excited to see, you know, what the crowd reaction is going to be like with just the two of us. Yeah, Naya is obviously who you're fighting against. And I'm, I'm curious in general, you are a heel, but you're also obviously really good looking. Like my boys watch the the matches uh, we watch, and when you come in the ring, like I've got a ten year old, a seven year old, and a three year old, and this is a hundred percent the truth. When you came into the ring most recently, when we were watching, my three year old said, "Ooh, who's she?" Um, so I mean, like you pop on the screen. He has no idea. You know, he watches wrestling and stuff like that, but he's still learning all the wrestlers. Um, what do you like yeah. about that dichotomy between you look like, you know, kind of what you are, like a, a cheerleader, like you have a great smile, all those things, but then you also, it's like you have a velvet dagger and you're out there just slicing people up. I, I kind of love the dichotomy there in your character in the ring. Do you embrace and love that aspect of what you get to do? Oh, absolutely. You know, I when I was first, like, trying to figure out, like, who's Lexa Bliss, you know what I mean? Uh, I figured how to make it relatable. Everyone knows that girl in high school. I knew that girl in high school, that girl that was so mean to everyone. She was a cheerleader. She was mean. She was popular. You know, she, like, scared everyone, but everyone still voted for her for prom queen. Yes. Like, that was the girl. Look, Regina was, George from Mean Girls. Like, on, if exactly. you're, if you're, I mean, that's like the character a that you play. A lot more mean. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, now, when you uh, and we're talking to Alexa Bliss, you can follow her on Twitter at Alexa Bliss underscore WWE. How did you get into this? Because I feel like there's a lot of people. Everybody has a different story. I believe you did bodybuilding. Uh, you also were a cheerleader. You did competitive gymnastics. Would you have ever believed that you were going to get into WWE? How did they find you? And what did you find once you started trying to do this that so attracted you to the sport? Um, actually, I kind of went searching for them. Uh, uh, my family had watched WWE growing up. You know, Monday nights, we'd all get pizza and watch Raw, and that was our thing that we did. And uh, I was very involved with, you know, gymnastics, cheerleading, kickboxing, softball, bodybuilding, the whole thing. My parents had me in sports 24-7, and I couldn't be any more thankful for that now because that's helped me get to where I am. Uh, after I got my pro card, uh, my trainer had told me that he heard WWE was having a tryout because he knew I was a fan. And I didn't know, you know, at the time that, you know, that there was independent wrestling. I didn't know that, you know, people go to wrestling schools and train. Like, I, I just thought that, you know, growing up, watching this, I just thought people were just WWE superstars. You know what I mean? I thought that's just what they do, and that's just what they are. Um, and I didn't know it was something you could actually become. And so I actually went online and made a video to submit for a tryout and I was given a tryout and shortly after was signed to NXT which was FCW at the time and I got a call saying you moved to Florida in four months and let's just hope you're as athletic as you look (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing so who was the person you met in the WWE you said you grew up watching Raw with your family eating pizza hanging out I think a lot of people listening to us right now have done the same things was it the rock like who was the person you met and you were like oh my god I can't believe I just got to meet this person and then ultimately you end up doing and working for the same company as these guys and girls but was there one person where you're like is this real life did I just meet so-and-so there's a lot of people you know even at my tryout Triple H was working the tryout um because you know he is down around NXT and stuff and I was very shocked when I first walked in the room I was like oh my gosh did you know you're Triple H um <laughs> and you know I have to say that I have a lot of respect and I owe Triple H everything because I wouldn't be here if it weren't for him seeing something in me you know because I didn't have to do the 30-day athletics tryout I was signed on the spot and if it weren't for him just seeing a little something in me, you know, someone that didn't have a background in this, this sport and this profession, I wouldn't be where I am today. And, you know, definitely him, um, Rick Flair, uh, Tristratus, and The Rock, obviously, everyone is starstruck by him. Um, and I, it's just crazy to see these people now and just to, you know, be at the pay-per-views and walk by and shake their hand or give them a hug. Be like, hey, how are you? It's been great. And, like, the Hardy Boys, you know, I watched them growing up. And the other night I had a signing next to Matt Hardy, and it was, like, the coolest thing ever. And it's just one of those things, like, you have to, like, kind of geek out to yourself but be somewhat professional while you do it. And it's just a lot of fun. When if people out there right now, I feel like there are a ton of people who are. I'm 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 actually today's my birthday, so thanks for coming on. I'm turning 39 years old. Yeah, but I grew up a huge WWE fan. I was a you know guy watching you know WrestleManias with Hulk Hogan, with Randy uh, Macho Man Savage, like uh, Jake the Snake, all that crew. Right, that's my generation. I came back into WWE because my boys are ages seven and ten, and they absolutely love it. I mean, Raw, SmackDown, we watch it all in the house. We'll be watching WrestleMania on Sunday. And I'm like, man, you know, this is still really entertaining. For people out there who may yeah. not have watched WrestleMania or have not watched WrestleMania in a long time, but may be interested or intrigued about watching on Sunday, what would you tell them to expect about WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans? 
I have to say, every WrestleMania gets better and better every year. You know, there's always surprises. There's always, you know, off-the-wall things that happen. There's these amazing entrances that everyone gets. And, you know, you're going to feel something at WrestleMania. Everyone relates to WrestleMania from a moment. And whether that moment is, you know, watching it at home with your family, experiencing at WrestleMania, everyone can relate to WrestleMania in a way. And, you know, I just hope that everyone can tune in and find that moment for themselves and become lifelong fans because, you know, what we do is for the fans. Like, we work hard and travel and do this crazy schedule and, you know, all these media and matches, put our bodies on the line just to put smiles on people's faces. And I just hope that, you know, people who haven't watched WWE can, you know, come into the WWE universe and see it for what it is. It's a big family. And it's a lot of fun, and I love what I do because of the fans. When you wake up the morning after a big event like WrestleMania, how sore are you? Like, how much do you put your body through during one of these competitions? Oh, man. The day after, I always have a massage booked because what we put our bodies through, you know, you can't prepare yourself. I, you know, coming into WWE, I was, you know, at the top of my athletic game. You know, I was bodybuilding. I was doing boot camps four times a week. I was a gymnast. I still was keeping up with all my gymnastics abilities. And, I thought, you know, oh, I'll be fine, but nothing can prepare you for what your body goes through in the ring because it is a league of its own and it's a whole different beast. And, and I would have to say a lot of what we do is while we're on the road, we have to rehab our bodies because once you have a match, the next five days you're rehabbing your body to have another match. And that's basically kind of that's kind of a little, little thing you go. Okay, last question for you. WrestleMania is Sunday. What part of the show will you be involved in? I know it's a, it's like an all-day event now. Uh, for people out there who are like, okay, I'm going to pop it on WWE. Uh, you know, I've got the, the I've got the network here. I'll be watching it all day. But, like, what do you do on WrestleMania Day? Because it's, like, such a long event. Do you get there and sit and watch it yourself in the backstages? Like, what is your day like when it actually comes to WrestleMania? Oh, yeah, we're there all day. Last year, I was at the arena at 8 a.m. because I had an interview, and I was there until about midnight to 1 a.m., and we're there all day. We're getting ready. We're we're watching the, the matches because it's WrestleMania. You don't want to miss a second of it. Outstanding. Well, I appreciate the time. I know you got a ton of uh, things to get ready for between now and Sunday, but uh, we'll be watching. We're big fans, and thanks for coming on the show this morning. Thank you so much. Oh, oh, oh. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? 
backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. 